Welcome to the Collective Voice of Health IT, a Weedy podcast. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Collective Voice of Health IT, a Weedy podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Albright. My day job is Chief Legislative Affairs Officer for Zealous Payments. Zealous, Z-E-L-I-S. Zealous's mission is to enable providers to simplify and save on their payments and claims. I also serve as the Communication Committee Chair for Weedy. That's W-E-D-I. Weedy is a national membership organization where the health information technology community connects, collaborates, and creates solutions for a better health system. And today, we're excited to revisit with a guest that we had on our show a little over a year ago. We're excited to talk to Kyle Kaiser. Again, Kyle Kaiser is CEO at Arrive Health. When we last talked to him, he was CEO of RX Review. Uh, So we'll have to see what's changed there in his company and in his life. Um, If you remember, uh, Arrive Health, RX uh, Review, is an industry leader in real-time prescription benefit services. Throughout his career, Kyle has focused on projects that lower the cost of care, improve health outcomes, and enable informed decision-making at the point of care. Focus on interoperability in the prescription drug space. So, Kyle, welcome. Uh, glad to have you back. Glad to be here. Very good. So, Kyle, let's start off with the uh, question in, in the introduction there. So, uh, uh, last we talked, uh, you were uh, CEO of RX Review. Now it is um, Arrive Health. Uh, what's the story there? Yeah, so we we, uh, we went through a rebrand. Uh, part of the, the thought process behind that was, um, you know, we're, we're starting to do things that are beyond just pure prescription benefits. Um, that's driven by a couple of things. That, you know, one, on one hand, uh, many medications are now not just prescription benefits. So, the, you know, if you think about specialty meds, those are often medical benefit uh, medications. Um, and then uh, the other way that we've sort of shifted our thinking uh, is the prescription event is really an opportunity for continuous care. And uh, it's, you know, one of the m- more frequent things that happens in a patient's life. So as we think about um, and that opportunity, it, it extends beyond just communicating benefits. It's also, you know, connecting to the right types of resources to drive better quality, better outcomes. Those might be closing gaps in care. They might be other solutions around access or affordability, but it's not just a, a pharmacy benefit tool anymore. And uh, so we, you know, we think that's a continually expanding opportunity as well. So, you know, Rife Health just let us articulate that story a little more clear, clearly. Very good. So now bring us back and tell us again, even in the prescription uh, benefit uh, area, what your solutions do and then and, and how that's going to then expand into maybe the medical benefit. Sure. Yeah. So uh, what we do at our core is we connect into the ordering workflows of providers and communicate how much those medications are going to cost as they're ordering them. So um, you, you may have the same response that my wife did when I first described this to her, which was, wait, that doesn't already happen. And it doesn't. <laughs> Those of us that have, you know, live and breathe healthcare that know that, but the general consumer just has this expectation that, right, if I'm going to be asked to make a purchasing decision, someone else is going to make that choice on my behalf. And somebody's got to know how much it costs, right? And often they do not. So what we do, we've built is a directly connected network uh, of, you know, from an addressable perspective, a little over 200 million members um, on the health plan side, PBM side. Uh, and uh, 300,000 or so, a little more than 300,000 users on the provider side. 
um, that's generating a real-time, moment-in-time specific, patient-specific insight into how much that ordering decision is going to cost. The goal of that is to then help the provider and the, uh, working on behalf of the patient make a lower cost decision. Um, so that's the core of, of what we built, what we've been working on. And that's what real-time benefit is. The, the sort of legislative angle is now um, CMS does require that Part D plans uh, provide a real-time benefit tool both to the provider and to patients. Yeah, and I think what's so exciting about what you're doing is is it's really the promise of all this legislation, right? So we've seen the Transparency and Coverage Act, we've seen the Hospital Transparency, we've seen Machine Readable Files, No Surprises Act, Advanced Explanation of Benefits. There's all this this I, I call it a bit of a struggle on the part of legislators to try and get the information in front of of um, of patients, uh, customers, if you will. Uh, but you're actually uh, building the tools that make it usable. And, and I think that's what many, many health plans and, and hospitals and such are struggling with right, right now is, yeah, we can produce all this information, but how do, how do we know what the, what's too big a bite for the consumer? How do we know how to present it to the consumer? It seems like your solutions are doing just that. That's right. Yeah. And, and frankly, it's just too complex of a decision for it to rely entirely on the consumer alone. The, the reality of these choices is that, is that they're made in collaboration with a provider, often a care team, and the patient. And so what we built is a platform that can connect each of those stakeholders with the appropriate real-time patient-specific information to help them drive a better decision and a better outcome for that patient. So uh, right towards the end of last year, we acquired a capability from UPMC uh, that's a virtual pharmacy assistant that does automated outreach to those patients um, that need support around access uh, or support around adherence. What we're going to do with that technology is combine that with our price transparency capabilities so that the affordability discussion is something that is connected into the care team workflow. It's connected into the ordering workflows of providers and then now has the ability to create you know, automated outreach to those patients um, so that you know through an SMS encounter with you know, AI powered virtual assistant, patients can now ask questions around, you know, how do I use the medication? I, you know, need a refill or have affordability issues that need to be solved. Those are all things that we can start to address through technology that's connected into uh, physician and care team workflows. Very good. So, so this might be a review for some listeners, but like take us back and, and give us an example, right? I've gone in to see my doctor, my doctor's prescribed something for me. Um, how does your tool interact with that decision, uh, the decision-making from there on out, and, and including the, the new company that you've picked up? Sure, yeah. So it's, it's a little upstream of that even. So uh, think about your, your experiences inside of a doctor's office. It's often you, during the rooming process, you'll, you'll walk into the room, Medicaid, medical assistant will often ask what's your preferred pharmacy. They set that pharmacy in the EMR. At some point, the provider comes in, you have your visit, they diagnose you with something and uh, pick a medication for you. When And they place that first into a pending status. When it's placed into that pending status, we gain visibility to that. Uh, and we evaluate it based on your health plan, PBM, the, your specific benefits. Uh, in a sub-second transaction, we get a response that says, here's the price, here's some any formulary exceptions that might exist, like prior off quantity limit step therapy. And then we, we also get alternatives back uh, that include either uh, a lower cost medication that may be in better relationship to the benefits of formulary or 
a lower cost pharmacy that may be a better option based on your benefits or the network that's in place for you. And we render that back into the physician's ordering workflow, uh, either through populating a screen on the core e prescribing tools or through interruptive alerts that are built by the EMR system. So we, we aren't the UI, we're the data network that powers the UI. Um, and, and intervenes right at the moment when that prescriber is hitting sign. So it's, it's the last thing they see before they make that prescription decision. Gotcha. And then where's the handoff to, um, to, to the new uh, addition to your company that you mentioned at the end of last year? Yeah, so the, uh, the technology from UPMC has, has been in use there for five years. It's, um, it's really intended to support the care teams that often are going to work with patients once that decision has been made. So inside of probably every major IDN in America, there's a team of folks that do nothing but make cold calls to patients and try and get them on the phone to say, you know, this is a medication that may require a prior off. This is a medication that, you know, can you afford it? You know, let's figure out how much it costs. And that's all in service of trying to get that patient on med, probably uh, filling it at that health system's pharmacy. And then as a ongoing effort, continuing to support them through the process of, of onboarding and refills. Uh, what this capability does is automates that outreach that the care team uh, is doing on behalf of these issues that all always exist for patients. Um, and so many of those issues are things that are simple and can be addressed through the technology uh, and, you know, reminding them to, you know, come back for a refill, you know, dealing with side effects or questions around those sorts of things. Uh, but it, what it also does is in the event that that patient needs to in, interact with a, a pharmacist or a pharmacy tech, uh, it creates a work queue that then has already engaged patients asking questions that allow that team to do more with, with fewer resources, to reach more patients with, with the same amount or fewer resources so that we're, you know, we're really connecting uh, the care team members and the patients that need the most help that have the most complex issues and the things that are often uh, taking up a ton of that team's time, which is just doing that outreach and, and doing the initial encounter are things that we can automate. Very good. And, and you mentioned AI, hot topic uh, uh, today. And, and how does the AI figure into that last part? Well, so it's, it's all driven off of, uh, you know, this, the platform is doing the automated outreach and smart uh, conversation flows associated with, specifically with the prescription drug experience. It's something that was built inside of UPMC Enterprises and has been used there for a number of years with some success. Very good. Good. Um, and it sounds like, it, not to say you have uh, uh, different different uh, customers, but you have different users. You have different stakeholders, right? Health health systems, health plans, patients. It's like each part has a. Has a you're almost uh, um, building a product for all of those stakeholders. Do I have that right? Yeah, I think you almost have to, right? So, as if you think about this from a patient centric perspective, then uh, it. it organizes well into a few categories, but those categories are, are different stakeholders in each case. So to understand benefits, we need to work with PBMs and pharmacies to understand fulfillment, or excuse me, to understand benefits, we need to work with health plans and PBMs. To understand fulfillment, we need to work with pharmacies and understand the right pharmacy based on what we know about that patient. To understand payment and affordability, we need to work with the sources of those that affordability content. And you know, to, to drive quality, gaps in care, adherence dialogues, things like that. We need to work with the health 
plan, whoever's holding the risk for that member. So what we're building on the supply side of our network uh, is that we we have a supply side inventory of of that uh, particular connectivity. Um, and then on the demand side of our network, uh, we have users and those users might be the care team. They might be the patient themselves or they might be the provider making an ordering decision. And our capabilities, our network has been built with this intelligent interchange that allows us to hyper-personalize that content uh, based on what we know about the individual patient and the and the care team or provider uh, member that's serving that patient so that it's in context, it's real time, it's patient specified, and it's something that can help drive a better decision the first time is ultimately the goal. And I, I think it's very impressive too to have have so many users and trying to get exactly the, you know, like we always say, right, right information at the right time for the right reasons for the right person, right? Um, and um, how, how do you get uh, the data to providers, to the care team, to the patients? On that um, well, in the, a lot of our work is in the physician ordering workflow. So we work really closely with the, the EMR systems. We have great partnerships with you know, the Epic Cerner Athenas of the world. Um, and and so, you know, one of our main focus in that case was, you know, how do we make the provider and prescriber world easier, not harder? And and frankly, that was being as invisible as possible, right? Because uh, creating the least amount of disruption to the, the workflows that they know and use as possible. Um, in the cases of the care teams and the patients, that's through these new tools that we've we've brought in-house through our relationships with UPMC. Um, but those, that's kind of the, the way we've thought about it from a demand side is you really got to meet them where they are. You got to be integrated into the tools they're using. You got to make their life easier and not harder. And, and if we do that right, we're going to drive engagement. We're going to create value. Yeah, very good. And, and I think that's very unique as well. Uh, I, think, I think the industry spends a lot of time thinking through workflows on, on, on how to take this technology, how to take interoperability and develop new workflows, right? We're thinking through workflows of advanced explanation of benefits, which sounds like this is getting close to what that is, right? Um, and so much of it is like, oh, we got to figure out a new workflow of it. And, and you're looking to see what they have and, and plugging in, plugging in so not to disrupt the workflow. Yeah, and I, and I think it creates opportunities uh, when we when you focus on where's the decision happening, what information is required to make a better decision the first time, that other opportunities start to emerge. That's kind of how we've gone down this care quality and gaps in care um, body of work. Because if you think about it, you know, the health plan need is is often adherent, right? Like a lot of those care gaps for Part D plans are are related to diabetes, hypertension, high cholesterol meds and adherence to those. Well, if we have an engaged provider and patient making a decision around one of those medications or or around one of those conditions, then what a better time to engage both of them with the right information that's relevant to that. So if if it's a diabetic, maybe it's reminding them to to get an A1C screening if they haven't had one. Sometimes it's simple stuff like, you know, if if you've got a diabetes med, a claim and you don't have a diabetes diagnosis in the EMR, then there's a risk adjustment that risk and ding that happens. Uh, so, you know, reminders around those things at the right time, just little nudges to help, um, help drive the right behavior or assist in making the right decisions. So last we talked, uh, Kyle was, um, I'd like to think we were coming off a, a world pandemic. Um, there's a lot of excitement in telehealth. Um, uh, and then I think in the last year, we've seen things kind of settle down and maybe telehealth retracted a little bit. Uh, I'm interested in your view 
viewpoint on how has healthcare changed maybe in the last year? Have you changed any of your thinking either, either in the prescription uh, space or, or in the pharmaceutical space or, or more broadly, uh, what, what direction are we headed now or, or, or have things just returned to pre-pandemic status? You know, I think the, um, the most impressive thing that happened in healthcare is that these huge organizations uh, that had historically moved at a glacial pace all figured out that if they really have to, they can move pretty quickly <laughs> and decisions can happen fast. <laughs> and, um, and so I, I think that's probably the most encouraging thing from my seat is that, you know, with, uh, with the right motivation, those, those decisions can happen quickly. We can start to make positive change and, and create momentum. You have to do it around things that are um, compelling enough. Now, not wishing another global pandemic on us or anyone, but um, but it's it was uh, it was an impressive feat to see how how these big organizations responded in a in a moment of crisis. So uh, I think that's there there are elements of that that I hope are being embedded in the processes of health plans and providers and all over the country. Um, I do think there's an element of uh, consumer expectations for a digital experience. Um, in healthcare, the bar was raised over the last couple of years, right? Regardless of whether telehealth adoption has sustained, which it hasn't, or, or the value of some of those businesses have sustained. And that was a sort of confluence of both, you know, investor optimism and, you know, the huge surge in need because of the pandemic. But I think the the net of that from a patient perspective is, Patients really expect the, the digital experiences that they're having in every other aspect of their life to look a lot more similar to what in healthcare now. And um, and I think that's that's a lot of what we focus on, right? Is that let's uh let's drive towards a world where we're informing the provider at the moment of order with real-time patient-specific information. So they're making a better choice the first time. And that you're walking out the door with resources that are easy to use, that are in context, that are supporting decision-making throughout the process from walking out of that provider's office to filling the medication and refilling the medication and navigating the access journey. How do we create a, a more connected experience that's a, you know, something more like uh, your sort of Amazon one-click order type world uh, and a little less like having to, you know, make phone calls and deal with faxes or whatever, you know, nightmare scenarios we, we tend to throw around in the existing healthcare value chain. I think that's a very actually. I think that's a very uh, uh, very insightful. Actually, um, the, the fact that the expectation is has heightened for digital, and 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 it could be that we're still go, we're we're returning to our doctor's offices. We're we're getting out and standing in line at the pharmaceuticals and at the pharmacy, right? Uh, so there may, maybe we we bounce back from the pure telehealth back to a kind of hybrid. But but I think that's kind of insightful that that there is an expectation. Uh, of of a digital uh, ecosystem and maybe a digital ecosystem that works very effectively and efficiently with the real life in person system and and exactly what you're talking about at the point of I'm sitting in my doctor's office and this is prescribed suddenly we have a digital experience um, even though I'm in person with the um, uh, my physician right there um, so uh, uh, very insightful Kyle I, I like that I like that approach yeah I think it's uh... It's it's hard to continue to tolerate a world where everything else is at your fingertips and available through your device, and then you get you, you sort of 
step into the healthcare context and everything gets stuck in the mud. And that, you know, it doesn't, doesn't have to be that way. And, and when motivated by uh, an extreme circumstance, it, it wasn't that way. And I think that's the, that's the momentum we can build on. And it feels like too, there's a, there's a cost pressure there too, at least uh, uh, politically, I have this sense that, um, you know, for a couple of years in the pandemic, uh, there's a lot of government funds flowing through the system and, and people are being kept afloat. Um, but now the, the attention is turned to medical debt. Um, and there's state and federal legislators that are looking at medical debt and, and, and how much is being charged. And suddenly we're, we're, we're being very aware of our individual uh, medical costs. So uh, it seems like those are two, two pressures that are, uh, have, have stuck with us after the pandemic. Totally. And, uh, and there's, you know, often um, valid and important discussion around social determinants of health, right? And, I think often the the context that's discussed in is how do we support those of greatest need, um, and that's that should be discussed. It's important work, and, and the uh, you know the way of the world is consumer driven healthcare now. That more than half of of deductibles are in the thousands of dollars, and that's just that's a ubiquitous plan design, and the average American can't incur an unexpected thousand dollars without financial strain maybe ruin. So if you think about what's the, the most impactful social determinant of health from a broad population perspective, it's got to be around affordability. It's like, can, can the patient really bear the out-of-pocket costs that they're facing? Because we, we made the transition from a plan design perspective. We've made the transition from a risk management perspective. We haven't given the tools uh, to make these decisions um, more accurately on the patient's behalf. And now it's their money. That's exactly right. We, 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 we've thrown the responsibility of paying for healthcare on consumer, but we don't have given them the tools to, to be uh, sh- smart shoppers, if you will. Um, so, uh, and um, so this was mentioned, uh, who's Lucy? <laughs> and what does it mean to Lucy up? <laughs> That's a, a, one of my favorite questions. So um, <laughs> one of our founders, Dr. Kevin O'Brien in Denver, Colorado, um, the the sprout from which we grew is that uh, Kevin in his own practice started to accumulate these ways to save on medications in his own spreadsheet, through his own methods, uh, not because he was in a value-based agreement, not because he was getting paid to do it just because he thought it was the right thing to do his first patients. And that was inspired by uh, an inquiry from his mom. His mom reached out to him and she had a, a sizable monthly out-of-pocket cost for her medications. And like any good son with the skills, he looked at them and said, you know, all right, this is a brand. I can break it into its generic parts. This one has a therapeutic alternative. This one you may be able to pill split, whatever the scenario may have been. And he cut her spend in half. And um, that's what made him start doing this inside of his office. And him doing this in his, in his office is what, you know, created this company. And so... Kevin's mom's name is Lucy and we have a mantra around the business that's Lucy up. And it's sort of our way to remind each other that this is about something bigger than ourselves. And everybody's got a, a Lucy in their life or they've been the Lucy um, in that, in their life that has had an experience with the healthcare system that either was confusing. They couldn't afford, kept them from getting what they really needed. Uh, You know, those stories are endless. And, um, and so we, we use Lucy up as the mantra around the company to help us 
yeah, think about the the mission that's bigger than us and think about why we're actually doing this work and, and why we spend all this time in the weeds. I, that's a great story. Great story. And, and it comes back so many times uh, at this show that, that uh, people start their companies or they start their careers or they start on an idea because of uh, the experience of healthcare in our own families or with our own selves. So uh, uh, great, great origin story. Thank you, Kyle. Happy to share it every time I get asked. That's uh, the reason we're all here. Very good. So, uh, Kyle, I'll leave you with the last word. And um, any resources you want to uh, point the listeners to uh, in reference to what you've talked about today? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, we're, we've got presence on social and all the places you'd expect uh, LinkedIn, Twitter, all that stuff. Uh, we've actually just released a couple of things, a couple of pieces of content that are really interesting. So, one of them is around zero dollar options. So, we did an analysis of how often. Uh, a $0 option was available for the patient when when a $50 or more option was selected. And we found that almost 50% of the time that that was true. Uh, so I, I would encourage you to go to check out the site um, or find us on social media where we've been promoting those things and um, and take a gander. It's a, it's a really interesting read. And, and I think underscores the value of this connectivity being a part of every decision that we can make it. So, and I just want to, let's, let's repeat that for the, for the listeners there. So this is a study that found that 50% of the time, um, uh, there is a $0, uh, uh, copay or $0 out of pocket for, uh, um, for, for prescriptions that people are, are, are getting from the pharmacy. Is that, is that the, I think it was probably, I heard? It was probably just shy of 50. I, I'm the exact number is escaping me, but it was almost half of, of the wow. time. Uh, there was, there was a $0 alternative available and uh and the order that actually happened was was 50 bucks or more and um wow. so think about the think about inhaled steroids for example right of albuterol although you know it's making news for shortages right now um but it comes in a disc it comes in an inhaler it comes in a form that can go through a nebulizer or whatever it may be well one of those is the preferred for that health plan and the other's not and it's just left for the doctor to guess unless they're connected into a system like ours. So I'd encourage the listeners to go go check that out, go find that content and, and reach out. We'd love to have a conversation about it. Terrific. Terrific. Well, thank you, Kyle. Appreciate you having us uh, having coming on our show. Thanks for inviting me back. Good to see you. And we'll uh we'll look forward to seeing you down the road. Good. Good to see you. Uh great discussion with Kyle Kaiser, CEO at now Arrive Health. Uh this has been the collective voice of Health IT, a weedy podcast where the health information technology community connects, collaborates, creates solutions for a better health system. Find this episode and many more on our website, weedy.org. Thank you all for joining us and uh, we'll see you up.